0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Jonathan Cogan Show. I'm your host, Johnny K. Let's get right into it. If you haven't subscribed to the Jonathan Cogan Show, wherever you get your podcasts, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Now, very few musicians and songs have gone as viral as Richmond North of Richmond. Have you heard the song? We're going to start this podcast to play a song. You know, who would have thought, by the way, that the counterculture, would be country bumpkin conservatives. In fact, one of the greatest entrepreneurs, the founder of Y Combinator, uh, tweeted something today along those lines saying that um, if you told him when he was a kid, I don't know, I think he was born in the like 60s or so, but what he exactly said was this. I'm pulling it up because we do everything in real time. If you told me as a kid that in the 2020s, Liberals would be the ones punishing dissent, and the protest songs would be conservative. I not only wouldn't have believed it, I couldn't even have imagined it. What do you think about that? So who would have thought the counterculture would be some farmer country bumpkin white boy singing this song that you're going to hear in about 10 seconds? That is representation of the counterculture every major person joe rogan so many people have shared this across twitter and social media youtube rumble he signed up for rumble account he made his first twitter account it's got like 325k in like two days which is insane i've never seen that in my life so this song has gone mega viral and people like um adam taggart at Wealthion, great youtube channel on business and finance talks about how this could be the momentum of the push of the fourth turning, of bringing people together, a sense of community. Um, You know, all the stuff needed to kind of rebuild our world in this fourth turning that we're obviously in. So here's the song. If you haven't heard it yet, here it is. If you have heard it, enjoy it. We're going to play the full song right here. This is by Oliver Anthony, Rich Man North of Richmond. By the way, one last thing before we play it. I looked at the iTunes charts just now iTunes top 10 song charts, Oliver Anthony, who's this song, Richmond, North of Richmond has gone mega viral, but that's it. Just that one. He has not only the first song with that one. He's got the second song, the third song, the sixth song and the 10th song. So he has five of the top 10 songs, including the first, second and third song iTunes top 10 within two days. I mean, that's crazy. So anyone can do it. Here we go. Here's the song. Oliver Anthony, Richmond, north of Richmond.
1: Well, I've been selling my soul, working all day, overtime hours for bullshit, so I can sit out here and waste my life away, drag back home and drown my troubles away, it's a damn shame what the world's gotten to for people like me, people like you, wish I could just wake up. May it not be true, but it is, oh it is, living in the new world, with an old soul, The rich men know the rich men, Lord knows it all, just want to have total control, want to know what you think, want to know what you do, and they don't think you know, but they know that you do. Ain't shit, and it's taxed to no end. Those rich men, don't for rich men. I wish politicians would look out for miners, and not just miners on an island somewhere. Lord, we got folks in the street, ain't got nothing to eat, and the obese milk and welfare God if you're five foot three and you're three hundred pounds taxes ought not to pay for your bags of fudge rounds young men are putting themselves six feet in the ground cause all this damn country does is keep on kicking them down Lord it's a damn shame what the world's gotten to for people like me people like you wish I could just wake up Can it not be true? But it is. Oh, it is. Living in the new world with an old soul. These rich men know the rich men. Lord knows they all just want to have total control. Want to know what you think. Want to know what you do. And they don't think you know. But I know that you do. Because your dollar ain't shit, and it's taxed to no end, cause the rich men, North rich men. I've been selling my soul. Working all day over time hours for bullshit pain.
0: Let's go. Can we uh, come together now? That is, that is fantastic. That's amazing. Oliver Anthony, mega viral, crazy, crazy viral. Absolutely unbelievable. Gets me pumped up. Makes us think we can all come together. You know, I'm bullish. As you know, on this podcast, we're the most bullish podcast on humanity in the history of humanity. Doesn't say much because podcasts haven't been around that long, but if there were podcasts in Greece and, uh, you know, Rome and all that stuff, which they may have had, because listen, we just found out, I guess, like in 1902, there was a shipwreck and they, they already had a computer and it was from ancient Greece. So maybe, listen, maybe they had podcasts. We don't know. We don't know. The elites could suppress it. We just don't know. So just want to start off with that. Good vibes, good music. Now, I talk a lot about World War III, and we're, being, we're already in World War III. I've talked about that literally months ago, probably a year ago, um, because we just tell you the truth here, and um, very few places do that for whatever reason. And this was the most interesting thing I heard. So Pippa Malmgren, her father was an advisor to many presidents, and then she was also uh, Dr. Pippa Malmgren, if I'm pronouncing her name, presidential advisor to Bush. Uh, possibly to Clinton and then her father like to Reagan, to Carter, to like everybody. And she says that World War Three started not with the invasion, with Russia invading Ukraine. No, 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 no. It was well before that. And the actual fight is a space race. Okay. We are at a once in a species moment right now. She's saying, this is a smart woman, by the way, this is a very bright woman. So I wanted to play this for you. So, you know, I think this is probably when World War III actually started. So it wasn't the invasion. It was before that. So take a listen to what she says. Very important.
2: I would back up prior to the Russian tanks rolling into Ukraine, roughly 50 days before that, there was a very important incident that happened inside the Arctic Circle that most people have not clocked. And basically, there's the fastest internet connection in the world is on this tiny little island along to Norway called Svalbard. And people are like, why is this place, why do you have the fastest internet connection in this obscure remote place? And the answer is because virtually every high altitude satellite, whether commercial or military, connects to Earth at Svalbard. And so by cutting that cable, and somebody did cut the cable and took away about, I don't know exactly, but more than five miles of it, Okay, so it wasn't like hit it in one place and no, oh, maybe it was a rock. No, they cut it in two places and took so these five are, miles these are out of the underground, way. Underground, underwater, underwater cables. Yeah, which is what the global internet really operates on are underwater cables. And by the way, we've been in nothing but underwater internet cable warfare since with cables being cut all over the place. But this one was really important because it was a signal and it was a assumed that it was the Russians, and it was a signal that they could cut off not only our missile guidance, because all missile guidance is operated through satellites. So without your satellite connection, you can hit the button, but nothing's going to happen. So this is of great strategic importance, but also, frankly, it's a kind of, well, and no more Uber Eats either Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, people are like, "Well, I don't care about missile guidance." They're like, "Yeah, but you care about Uber Eats, right? GPS. This, this is all satellite based. It still has to connect to Earth somehow or another." So, this event already to me signaled this is much bigger than what's happening on the ground in Ukraine. Ukraine's a symptom of a much larger problem. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also a problem that we see Russia and China aligned. The U.S. had never really thought too deeply about the possibility that we'd face both superpowers simultaneously. That changed everything.
0: Yeah. Well, that's just like terrible uh, statesmanship and just having a awful administration pushing the three powers that uh, were known not to push together to be on the same team, which is China, um, Iran, and Russia are never supposed to be aligned. But they're all aligning with their hatred of the West, in particular America. And, uh, listen, we're strong, we're powerful, but we can't take on everybody. It's just that, that, in fact, that's how most, um, empires fail. They fight too many wars at once, too many conflicts, and they spread themselves too thin and they fail. And then there goes the empire happened dozens of times throughout history. Dozens. It's all in the falls of civilizations podcast. You can go learn about that. Now I'm glad to break the most interesting and best clips for you. It's hard work. I appreciate you listening. I appreciate all this together. And speaking about how it's cutting the cords of the internet, which, by the way, is it interesting that simultaneously Elon is trying to build Starlink, which is a satellite uh, internet service, which may not have to depend on these cables, perhaps. Maybe he knows more than we do and is countering that. I don't know. But that it is an information war is what we're in. It's not so much kinetic, right? Like she's saying, it's space. Well, it's also propaganda. It's for your mind. It's for your soul. It's for, it's, it's these information vacuums. It's propaganda, okay? It's not a missile in your living room, all right? It's everything that you uh, consume on social media, on the controlled internet, on your phone, and the screen that you look at four to eight hours a day or more. It's to brainwash you. That's the war that we're in. It's a war literally for your mind. That's true okay and what's interesting about that is there was this fantastic discussion on the Duran which if you're not watching the Duran it's one of the best geopolitical podcasts or youtube channels there is and alexander uh, McCorris is one of the main guys very very smart guy he just had a, a discussion with uh, terrier badet who i believe is a politician from the netherlands and john Laughlin. and the three of them sat down and talked about how what happened during COVID and basically how it was literally people laugh and say like oh you're a conspiracy theorist you know that got old after three years of being wrong but conspiracy theorists like it's a bad name like you're a bad person being conspiracy theor- and then people forget like actual conspiracies actually take place okay like when you have events like event 201 that plans for a coronavirus that is going to break out and that you need to censor speech you need to deplatform people you need to suppress alternative medications except for the vaccine and then that plays out in reality, perhaps there was actually a real conservative, conspiratorial effort by a group of elites. Crazy, right? No, not so much because they did it. That is real. Just Google offend one. They haven't even scrubbed the Google results yet. The Johns Hopkins comes up and it tells you exactly what it is. And now they're running the same simulations for like catastrophic contagion where they come for your kids. I covered that when it first came out. I mean, I don't even know how long ago that was, eight months ago. You know, search uh, on jsk.transistor.fm for catastrophic contagion if you want to uh, consume that. But he talks about narratives and how that's part of the information control. And just this is a little excerpt just because I want you to go listen to the video yourself. The video is called Denying Liberty, Eroding Democracy with Terrier, John and Alexander. Uh, but I'll play this little clip from it uh, because it's the power of narratives and the information war that we are in. And uh, it's a really good explanation of what happened and what is currently happening, actually. So here we go. Take a listen.
3: A few things to say about narratives. Because, of course, the people who promote narratives are the very people who are imposing and enforcing all of these things. They're the one because we're not talking about narratives, we're talking about debate, we're talking about discussion, but they don't want discussion. On the contrary, they want to impose narratives because what Thierry was describing in his book is in effect a narrative. It was a narrative that was informed upon people about COVID and everybody had to go along with that particular narrative. It's people who were challenging the narrative who are the people that you go against so it's again an extraordinary twist you turn it round you talk about other people coming up with narratives when in fact what you're doing is enforcing a narrative of your own it is a most sinister development a profoundly totalitarian one profoundly totalitarian the other thing is and this is again very symptomatic of totalitarian thinking is the use of science, or at least what is called science, the abuse of science? Yeah. Remember the, how scientific Marxism was used yeah. to mm-hmm. to implement Soviet no, policies no, because it, it was it's the same thing. Absolutely. So you have you say this is a scientific position. Therefore, anybody who challenges this position this position is by definition irrational is not in tune with modern realities, cannot argue with experts, cannot debate with experts, because you're not yourself an expert. And you must always follow the expert view. And again, coming back to what you just said, Thierry, that's actually a Soviet position. And the Soviets were very much taking that line. It's been going on for quite some time. I I, I did my PhD. So
0: does that sound familiar? trust the science, follow the science, listen to the experts. And people like Sam Harris can't understand that they lied to us and then they intentionally lied to us. People often think because you're a normal human and you're not a twisted, sick person that you believe everyone's good hearted and wants the best for humanity. And there's not psychopaths out there like Bill Gates, like they don't exist, right? Because you can't understand what it's like to want to hurt so many people. You just don't get it. Right? Because we don't get it. We're not sociopaths, psychopaths. But you got to come to terms that there's evil. And it is what it is. Like, it's uncomfortable. It sucks. I wish everyone was good. I think 98.7654, 721% of people are good. But uh, listen, there's that small people that are not good, you know, that hurt children on islands, uh, that uh, run simulations for locking people down, uh, force injections, all that stuff. And we, it just so happens that the sick, twisted psychopaths temporarily happen to be in charge of the world and running the world, just a minor issue, minor issue. Now, can we take our world back? Yes. Okay. We can come together with people like doing this music with like Oliver Anthony. Okay. And, and realizing that these rich men north of Richmond, which are the politicians, okay, maybe aren't on our team and that we need to figure out some counteraction to their power and hunger for control. And so we need to start coming up with solutions. We can keep pointing, you know, pointing out the problems is almost as bad as causing the problems because if you point out the problems with no solutions, you're adding no value. You're just stoking more emotions from the opposite side. It's not doing any good. Okay. So you need to be more active in your community. Maybe get active politically, whether it's mayor, whether it's school boards, you know, whether it's building some sort of a cohort of parents to help, you know, uh, homeschool kids or to do something like cooking club where you guys can like cook dinners for different families you guys all sit across a picnic table by a fire you know we got to get back to those roots of humanity they want us to be isolated that's why they did the lockdowns you can't see anyone you need to put a mask over a diaper on your face okay no diapers are for babies not for your face okay so a couple other things uh you know, I like the books. This is a weird tangent, but I like the books from, uh, what was it, Michael Lewis, I thought wrote good books. And then he wrote that COVID book, which is just, they, you know, obviously someone reached out to him and write, write a propaganda piece for the establishment. And he did it and he gave all, he sold his soul. And so that's how I knew he was obviously flawed. And there are probably other issues with his story. And it's reported today on ESPN, blind subject or, or Michael Orr. you know, the story about Blindside. side where the white parents adopted the big black kid, Michael Orr, who was an incredible tackle, uh, Ole Miss. And then Baltimore Ravens really, really good. I don't think he let up a sack until the NFL, like really good. Um, Oh, that might've been uh McKinney from university of Miami. Actually. But very, very good. And these parents uh, created a movie. Sandra Bullock was in it. Uh, What's Tim Urban or whatever was in it. And they were very good. Well, blindside subject Michael Orr alleges the two East, that's their name, made millions off of a lie. Retired NFL star Michael Orr, whose supposed adoption out of a grinding poverty by a wealthy white family was immortalized in the 2009 movie The Blind Side, petitioned a Tennessee court Monday with allegations that a central element of the story was a lie concocted by the family to enrich itself at his expense. The 14-page petition filed in Shelby County, Tennessee, probate court alleges that Sean and Lee Ann Tui, who took Orr into their home as a high school student, never adopted him. Instead, less than three months after Orr turned 18 in 2004, The petition says the couple tricked him into signing a document, making them his conservators, which gave them legal authority to make business deals in his name. And guess what? That is what they did. The petition further alleges that the Toohey's used their powers as conservators to strike a deal that paid them and their two birth children millions of dollars in royalties from an Oscar winning film that earned more than 300 million, while Orr got nothing for a story that, quote, that would not have existed without him. In the years since, the TUIs have continued calling the 37 year old or their adopted son and have used that assertion to promote their foundation as well as Lee Ann TUI's work as an author and motivational speaker. He was never adopted. The whole story revolved around him being adopted and potentially, allegedly, it was a lie. So, immediately when you see someone sell their soul, like all the people who sold their souls during COVID, and to be not only wrong, but 100% wrong in everything. And go all in and tell you you're the devil and that you should be banned from society and put in camps, you know, or have your papers like Nazi Germany, like at restaurants in New York City. Totally fine, right? Totally normal. Where are your papers? Where are your papers? And so happy to ask you for your papers. I'll never forget. Like, where are your papers? I'm like, what? Where are my papers? Okay, my people got out of Nazi Germany, man. You can't ask for my papers. You don't want my papers? We're talking about practice? No, it's crazy. And uh, it's just really, really nuts. And people sold their souls. and They demonize people. And it's so... Crazy that they didn't realize that maybe they should have an open heart, open mind. Because now they've been one hundred percent wrong on everything, and now we need to let them back into society because they were the ones that looked like absolute fools. And I am down for redemption. I think redemption's super important, and people need a way back in. But the first step to coming back in is really is realizing how much of a schmuck you were, and how much you lied, and how horrible of a person you were. Like I had friends quote, like how many people do you know sold all their morals and all their principles for covid. It's just unbelievable. We need a reckoning of some sort. It's just crazy. It's crazy. Um so yeah, so that's a lie. And uh another thing, a little update on California. I don't know if you've seen this, but there was a uh, I'll play the video if you're watching, this, if you're listening to this, I'll just explain it. But uh it's amazing that the governor of California is being considered to be like a president when California's literally everything's going opposite. It. It's like the worst place ever. There's more crime ever. So In uh, Nordstrom's in Los Angeles yesterday, (laughs) 30 people came in and just stole, like, everything. (laughs) Sorry, it's really loud. I'll turn the volume off. So, as you can see on the screen, they're just taking everything, all the clothes, all the purses, all the bags, 30 kids. They're just in there. They've got their face covered with their diapers. See, COVID was good for crime. Very, very good. And they're taking everything. They're literally just taking everything and walking out. And guess what? They don't get in trouble. In California, you don't get in trouble for crime. It's okay. It's acceptable. It's good. It's good. It's a way to give back to the community. They're just trying to eat bread. So they need 18 Louis Vuitton bags to eat bread. You know, loaf of bread. Hey, inflation. Can't get mad. So it's amazing to me that clearly there's one state that is the worst run state. And that is California. Unbiased. Okay, just it's the worst run state. There's more crime. They have more homelessness people. San Francisco, you can't even the federal building where Pelosi's people work in San Francisco are being told to work from home because it's too dangerous to go to the building because of the drug scene out front and the crime. All right. And hey, they voted for that. So God bless them. Let them have live in that society of chaos and anarchy. It's fine. I have no problem with that. But Why people would then say that the person running that entire operation, which is the governor, should possibly bring that to the entire country like he's doing a great job. It's bizarre. Like he should be getting recalled or like replaced in another election, let alone should he be president of the United States? Like how long are we going to live in opposite day? Like how long is this going to go on for? Opposite day cannot last forever. Okay, there needs to be reality. And it's just this information control. I think people think that what's going on in California is fantastic. You know, in California, if a minor wanted to go in a tanning bed and had permission from their parents, they are still not allowed. But no one's open arms about that. But that same minor can want to chop off their nuts or take off their boobs and say, uh, I don't have my parents' permission, but I want to do it. The state will do it for them. What kind of upside down world are we living in? It's bizarre. So bizarre. Hopefully, we can come together. Hopefully, we can band together against the rich men and women north of Richmond. So, I want to see if I got anything else to cover. Uh, You know, it's been nice that... Oh, the Maui thing. Oh, my goodness gracious. Now, here's the conspiracy of the day. Here is the conspiracy of the day. Are you ready for this? So, check this out. (laughs) This is so crazy. This makes me think everything's a setup. So, (laughs) what? (laughs) <laughs> this is wild. All right. So, Maui, where the fires were, which, by the way, uh, Biden said no comment. They go, Do you want to make a comment on the fires that have killed like hundreds of people in Maui? And he goes, No, no comment. So, he's going on vacation, actually. Could you imagine if Trump did that? Just imagine if they go, Trump, what are you doing about the Maui fires? you're No comment. Just gets on his and goes on vacation, goes to Mar a Lago. What, what, what would the media say? I mean, it's crazy. So, this is from Tara Bowl on Twitter. She says, anyone recognize this man, Maui police chief, John Pelletier, was also incident commander for the 2017 Las Vegas shooting. They, they'll tell you this is just a coincidence. So the Maui police chief was the guy that was the incident commander for one of the sketchiest things that we still don't know everything about in 2017, which is the Las Vegas shooting. He went from Las Vegas during that specific shooting event to Maui as the police chief, and now there's a disaster in Maui. What? Is he a CIA op? Like, what is going on here? This is just... This is insane. This is insane.
4: <laughs> that's what you're... Let's see what he up. says. Instead of the 89 souls lost, only two have been but that's of the recent... So, of the 89... So, realize this. we we When we find these... You know, our family and our friends, the remains we're finding is through a fire that melted metal. We have to do rapid DNA to identify them. Every one of these 89 are John and Jane Doe's. And so when you are asking us and we, we know we've got to get, and I love the way our, our house representative, how she said it, she was so eloquent. We know we've got to go quick, but we've got to do it right. So, when we pick up the remains and they fall apart, and so when you have 200 people running through the scene yesterday, and some of you, that's what you're stepping on. I don't know how much more you want me to describe it. That's what you're stepping on. Give us a little bit of time to contain that, please, because we've got to go make. 89 notifications, and coming from a place that had to make 58, I understand the pain this is going to take, and we're not done with 89. So just understand what this thing is. None of us really know the size of it yet. Everybody wants a number. You want it fast or you want it right? We're going to do it right.
0: That dude. Was a part of the Las Vegas shooting, which is so sketchy. By the way, if you look into that, is so Dave Collum was on the show twice. He goes deep into it. It is a very sketchy situation. And you're telling me that guy ends up randomly going to Maui as the police chief, and now there's a crazy disaster that is questionable. If it was man, like well, what's going on, and the president's not even paying attention to it. What? We're sending, we sent $200 million more in Ukraine aid, but we're not even focusing on the Maui fire that's killed 89 people. It's, I'm not, what is going on? And people are saying he's the best president since Lincoln. In fact, he's better than Lincoln, Washington, and JFK combined. We've never had a better leader. He's been there for the people. Every time there's a disaster domestically, he decides to do something internationally. I don't understand. I don't understand. It's just very weird. Does anyone find this weird? Is it just me? Okay. Maybe it's just me. I'm, I thought he was the president for the United States of America, but I don't know. I don't know. That's not to hate on him or anything. I'm just speaking objectively. Also, I listened to Sam Harris. He just posted, uh, I'm not going to play this, but he played a podcast, What Happened to the Republican Party. I listened to it, a conversation with Brett Stevens. And he says to Brett, you know, my my comments about... Hunter Biden's laptop was misconstrued because of viral social media clips. And then he goes on to say, I don't care what's in that laptop. Trump is so bad that anything could be... He, said, he says the same exact thing that he said was taken out of context in the clip. This was in his podcast yesterday. I put it on my Twitter. You can go watch it, at KOGZ. And then he goes, Brett, shouldn't you not report on Hunter Biden before the election because it could get Trump elected? And Brett's like, to Brett's credit, he goes, uh, listen, I disagree with you. Like, no. The news business is to report the news objectively. Uh, you know, if if the sh- if it was Donald Trump Jr., how would it be reported? And Sam's like, yeah, it'd be totally different. He's like, well, you got to do it the same way. You just if it's credible news, which it is, you just need to report it. You can't censor it. You can't shut down the New York Post, right? You can't sign a letter saying it's Russian disinformation when they know it's not. You need to just report it. Report it normally. And, and Sam's like, but it would get Trump elected, you know, like, shouldn't that, uh, shouldn't you allow to do extraordinary things under those circumstances? And Brett's like, no, 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 no. You got to do everything equally. You can't tilt the scales of an election. And Sam could not comprehend that. This is supposedly one of the greatest thinkers of our era has totally blown up and cannot get out of his hole. Because when, I think when you hate a human or something so much apparently this is true I don't know apparently when you hate something so much you are unable to be objective because you have such emotional hate that you cannot put that subject in the conversation and be objective apparently you just can't see that you're not being objective he literally says that on his own podcast like shouldn't we just be able to you know we don't want to be on Giuliani's timetable and Brett's like it has nothing to do with Giuliani coming up the information the information is the information I don't care if it came from you know Bill Clinton's Cock. It doesn't matter. You still got to put it out there. All right. Now, I don't know what would come out of Bill, Bill Clinton's cock. Well, Monica Lewinsky would know, but who knows? All right. That's all I got for you today. Hopefully, the news stays a little slow. I have a feeling something big is coming because we'll leave on this note. Michael Berry, known for the big short of the great financial crisis, also the movie The Big Short, he shorted um, uh, the mortgage derivatives, right? Uh, mortgage backed securities. And he made billions of dollars. Today, his portfolio came out and he is shorting the NASDAQ and he is shorting the uh, S&P 500 to the tune of a billion plus dollars. Today, that came in. He's shorting it all, baby. Is this the big short part two? Is there a financial collapse that's coming? Keep your eyes out. Subscribe to the Jonathan Cogan show, Show, wherever you get your podcasts please share this with a couple people. Share some other episodes. Let's grow organically. Let's make the people come together with love. I love you. Take care. I'll see you tomorrow. Bye.